When Io spoke last week, he, he spoke about the vision that God gave us for the name change over this church. And um, it's something that we've always talked about and we've shared. But when I read it a few weeks ago, I suddenly realized this isn't something to come. This is something we are in. Okay? So I want to read it out. And I want to just speak a little bit just briefly on this of how we are where we are now. Rather than waiting for it to happen, we are in it already. You know, in... um, Friday the 1st of May 2020, this is what God spoke to us. Um, And uh, I've written it exactly, and I say this to anybody that reads it, I've written it exactly as God spoke. It was 6 a.m. on that morning, and for about a month previous, I'd had this name in my spirit, Relentless Church. I didn't know what it meant. I was just walking through the hallway of our house and bang, straight into my spirit came the name Relentless Church. I was literally, it was in lockdown. I think I was on my way probably to make more food to feed the children because homeschooling was in full swing, wasn't it? And suddenly you went from it being me and Barry in the day to me burying the five children at home. Um, and so it just came in and I was like, I said to Barry, I was like, I don't know what this means. I was like, but I know this isn't me. I said, it's in my spirit. And I was praying. I was looking up on the internet. Is there a church that needs our help and support? We've done that before with other churches. Nothing was coming up. Couldn't understand it. I kept saying to God, God, what does it mean? God, reveal what it means because I know it's you. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. I did the washing thinking about it. I came to church thinking about it. I cooked the meals thinking about it. You know when it's something of God, it will not leave. And so Adam and Joshua had taken on temporary work in lockdown um, as, uh, what were you doing? (laughs) Oh, post office sorting office, post office sorting office, that's a a bit, two offices in that, anyway, post office, they just, basically, it was good money, and they were bored, it was lockdown, so they did these night jobs, and so I went out one morning to pick them up, and they finished at 6 a.m. Then when we came home, all they wanted to do was go to bed. The rest of the children were in bed, or the younger children were in bed. Um, and I sat down in the quiet of the house, which isn't, doesn't normally happen in our house. It's never quiet. And God spoke, and he gave me exactly what it meant. I don't know why he didn't give it me a month previous when he gave me the name. I don't know why in that month of me asking, maybe it was because that, you know, it caused me to really hunger after it and to understand the importance of it. And for anybody who's new, um, you may not have heard this, but this is what God spoke and I wrote it down word for word. It says, I am giving you this name because it depicts the very essence of who you are. You have shown yourselves relentless in building my church You have shown yourselves relentless in protecting my church and my people. You have shown yourselves relentless in sacrifice. You have shown yourselves relentless in pointing people to me. And you have shown yourselves relentless in pursuing my vision. In taking up this name, I'm going to flood this church with people of passion, vision, excitement, with hearts for holiness and righteousness, with a relentless people for my kingdom. There is a new wave coming And I am bringing this church to the forefront because I can trust you with my church. You are a relentless people. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. And, you know, as I read that again the other other week, and I felt at the time when 
God gave us this in 2020. We didn't actually change the name for like 18 months and still some of the legalities are still going through with the Charities Commission because they've got their own timescale altogether. They are way not interested in God's timescale. <laughs> like they've got their own thing. But hey, that's pressing through. We're nearly there. But you know, when God gave us this, we had come to just literally to the end of what had been a very difficult two years and um, very, very difficult. Um, and when I was writing down what God was saying in the first part of I'm giving you this name because it depicts the very essence of who you, who you are, you've shown yourselves relentless. And the thing is, it wasn't about me and Barry. It was about the people in the church that had stayed and they had gone through the stormy waters because this is a strong church. This church has been going for over 40 years. It was birthed on a word from God. The previous pastors, Dennis and Tina, it was a thriving, incredible church. Oh, you need to speak to Pastor Tina to find out everything that God did, everything they pioneered after Pastor Dennis died and what Pastor Tina pioneered on her own with no internet. The yellow pages... You know, it was incredible. God had done so much, and this is a strong church. But who knows? It doesn't matter how strong you are, the storms come. And so for two years previous, it, it was a very difficult time. It was just more than choppy waters. It was, it, was, it was quite something. But in this first part, I felt like God was applauding, applauding the people in this church, the people who stayed in the ship and who weathered the water and weathered the storms, and they remained. Why? Because they were passionate about protecting the church, and they were passionate about protecting God's people, and they were relentless in sacrifice and relentless in pursuing God and pointing people to God. And I felt when I was writing that, it was like God saying to the church, I have seen. I have seen what has come against you, and I have been with you in the storm, but I have seen how relentless you have been for my church. And then it goes on, doesn't it, to say that he's going to flood the church with people of passion, vision, excitement, with hearts of holiness and righteousness. And we were like, way, we've come out of this storm. This is good news. This is good news. But you know, we were always like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But has anybody realized it's already begun? Okay, the last couple of weeks, we've run out of seats. And so anybody here who is new in the church... I want you to know this, that you were a part of this that God spoke. You maybe never walked through the doors, but God was like, Vicky and Barry and, and the church, you don't see their faces, but I do, and I know who's coming, and they're people who are relentless for my kingdom, and they are people who are going to join you in building this house. They are people who have got hearts for holiness and righteousness. There is a passion, a vision, and excitement within them for the things of God. So if you're new, and you've been with us in the last year or so, I want you to know this was you. <laughs> this was you, and here you are, and all the people to come that we don't know the faces of, there are people coming, there's more coming, that have, have got hearts of holiness and for righteousness. And then it talks about the new wave coming and that the church is being brought to the forefront because he can trust us with his church. We've got to make sure, church, that we remain a place that is focused on God, stands on the word of God, the truth of the Bible. And you see, when we can do that, God is like, I can still trust you because you're focused on me. But it's already begun. It's not something we're waiting for. And, you know, talking about waves, I've never been on a surfboard, by the way. So if there's any really good surfers in here and I get this wrong, like, don't heckle me. Tell me in a little bit. 
right? But when, when a surfer wants to surf, you can tell I've never surfed before, but they're kind of on the belly, aren't they, and they're paddling like this with the water. And when they see the, the wave begin to turn, they get up and they've got the stance ready to ride the wave. And we're in a time now of getting our stance ready because when God sends people here, what we've got to remember is he's sending his children they're his prized possession. The cross was all about his people, his children. And what he's sending them here. So we've got to have our stance ready, not for when more and more people come. We're still trying to function in the way that we are. And people are ended up getting lost because they're not getting followed up. And so we've been working behind the scenes, putting uh, structures and things in place to make sure that we shepherd the church well and the congregation well. It's so important that we've all got our stance ready. If you call this church your home, that we've all got our stance ready because God's saying, you're the ones I'm trusting. I'm trusting you. You know, when I went and had my children, I did not go and give birth in a hospital that I didn't trust. Because there would be times that hospital were going to take care of my child. And I wanted to make sure that that hospital would take care of my child. When my child wasn't by my side, I wanted to make sure that that hospital would take care of my child. Even now, if any of my younger children go anywhere, I leave them with people I can trust um, We've been moving house this weekend, and uh, our two youngest went to different people's houses so that they weren't caught up in the craziness of, of what this weekend has been. And um, Charlotte rang me yesterday, and I didn't know, but she was going to the cinema. She just said there was a film, and is it okay if she watched this film? And I could say to her, Charlotte, I completely trust Des Mary. If Des Mary says you can watch something, I completely trust that you can watch. It's not that I don't trust Jack, but he was humping stuff around at our house. He wasn't in the, uh, on the cinema trip. Where you, um, but we gave him a McDonald's, so I don't know in comparison. Um, but I trusted her with my child because I knew the values of this family and that there are other people within this church and I would trust them. Why? Because I know the values of the family. I know the values of the house. And so I'm like, I'm completely at ease. I'm completely at ease because I know in this environment, my child is safe. Not only is my child safe, my child will flourish. My child will thrive. My child will be happy. If she falls and she scrapes a knee, I know my child will be taken care of and will be picked up and will be looked after. And that's what it's like when God sends people to the church. You know, the vision that God gave us a good few years ago is going to bring it up now. It's, I'll have to put my glasses on. To bring 1%, this is what God spoke, and it came through um, a man that had come from America, and um, it was a prophecy that he had for this church. Uh, to bring 1% of the population of Warrington to know their Savior, Jesus, and help and guide them to grow into a real and active relationship with him. So 1% of the population, that's a lot of people. Okay, and there isn't a figure on it. God didn't give a figure. He gave us a percentage because the town is always growing. But what if we're not ready for these people? These are God's kids. What if we're not ready? And then I'm like, okay, how, how do we get ready? You know, we can put all the practical things in place and we can do that. But, you know, church is a spiritual place. This is where people are fed spiritually. They're nurtured spiritually. Yes, we meet practical needs. But we've got to make sure we're looking 
at the, at the spiritual side, and God's been speaking to me last week, uh, the week before, and it came out in my preach last week, actually, on this verse, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. And so God's saying, get ready. Get ready for the next wave of people that are about to flood this church. You know, Fatmon and Ayo, who we love so dearly, last Monday morning sent us a voice note of a dream that she'd had of our next church building. And there were some key details in it that, that she gave. They are a couple that we trust, as you know, and Fatmon often will, you know, speak to us about a dream she's had whether it's for the church or us personally or, you know, there's somebody who brings something prophetic and in everything at the moment, God is saying, get ready. Get ready because the next wave is coming and we need to be ready to receive those who the Lord is sending to us. So how do we be ready? We need to be a strong house. We are a strong house. Like I said before, we're a strong ship so that when waters aren't ease and at peace. It's okay. We're a strong ship. We've got Christ driving us. We know what we're doing. We know where we're going, but we've got to be able to weather it, but we've got to be a strong house to be able to receive the people who are coming in. And what better model to follow than the early church? I know we've looked at this recently, but I just believe we've got to look at it again. And this is a different sermon to what we would normally preach. There's going to be some practical sides to it. And so if it's your first time here today, you are so welcome. You are so welcome. Don't feel lost in the practical stuff that we're going to do in a minute. Sometimes you just have to do church business when everybody's in the room. All right? And it's being recorded. I know it's bank holiday weekend, so some people are away. And they can catch up on that. But what best model to follow than the early church? The early church was birthed out of Pentecost. You know the virgin birth that we talk about, Jesus the miracle baby, the crucifixion, the resurrection, Pentecost. All of it led to the birth of the church. God is passionate about his church. His church, the ecclesia, the called out, the gathering of God's people. It was birthed out of Pentecost. So never ever feel that the church is irrelevant and the church doesn't matter. The church is needed. The church is needed and God is passionate about the church and passionate about protecting his church. But if we look at Acts chapter 2 starting in chapter 2 starting in verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, the early church was the essence of what Jesus called the greatest commandment. 
If you think about what Jesus calls the greatest commandment, you know, in Matthew chapter 2, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Not A second is nearly as important. The second is equally as important. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you look at the model of the early church, what did they do? They devoted themselves to the things of God and they loved each other. So the early church, actually the model of the early church was the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what is happening here with the early church. But if we break down this passage of scripture about the early church and have a look, what you will see is the the different aspects of the early church actually depicts who Jesus is. Everything about the early church depicts the way Jesus lived and who he was. In the first two verses, verse 42 to 43, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Only then, at that point, after they have devoted themselves, so they have devoted themselves to the things of God, and to the people of God, only then did a deep sense of awe come over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Often we want to do the miraculous things, and we want to have the signs, and we want to have the wonders. We want to do it all without commitment. I was having a conversation with my mum the other day. For anybody new, when I talked about Pastor Dennis and Pastor Tina, they're my parents, and the youngest of including the children she fostered eight, um, and everybody else that just lived with us and she took in and cared for. But me and mum were having a conversation the other day, and we were saying about how easy it is to make sure that, you know, oh, okay, we need to keep fit. That's a great thing, okay? So I'm going to go to the gym. And I want to, like, better myself in this area, so I'm going to sign up for this course at college that's great, that's amazing, I'm not saying these things aren't amazing and aren't incredible, but where about do you, looking after yourself spiritually fit? Because you see, if I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm stressed and I'm having to learn, work long hours, what goes first in my life for that week? Is it the gym? <laughs> Probably because I hate it, but anyway, is it the gym? Is it Netflix? Is it a long, hot soak in the bath? And I'm not saying don't look after yourself. Like, please don't anybody misquote what I'm saying, all right? Or is it the first thing that will go is my community midweek group where we're going to talk about the things of God and I'm going to be with people who are going to encourage me and build me up. Because only after they had committed themselves and devoted themselves did the miracles, the signs, and the wonders come. Let me encourage you, don't, please don't hang out for the miracles and the signs and the wonders. You've got to be committed first. You've got to be committed to the things of God. You've got to be, I remember when I really, truly committed my life to God at the beginning of my 20s. And I said this a few weeks ago, there were no iPhones. There was like nothing like that. We had VHS videos and a tape. If you wanted to play music in the car that you used to pull and then it go, 
and then it would all get stuck and you pull the tape recorder out, just so letting you all know how old I am, and, and all the tape would come out with it and you get a big biro and you'd sit and do this to wind the tape in, okay? That's how old I am. I didn't have any gadgets, but what I did have was a calendar on my wall and I made sure that the things of God were non-negotiable. Because I knew I needed God more than I needed anything. And so I would go and sit in a Bible study in a prayer meeting with a lot of people who were a heck of a lot older than me. Why? Because I just wanted to devote, to devote myself to the things of God. Why did I go to a prayer meeting? I was too scared to even pray out loud. Because it was the environment and the community I was placing myself in. And you know what I can honestly say is as I devoted myself, and I'm not bigging myself up, there are many, many vast amount of people in this church who have done the same. When I devoted myself to the teaching, when I devoted myself to be in fellowship with people in environments of God, then I began to see signs and wonders and miracles. Because I'd seen them before, but I had spectated them. But then what happened was I was in them. Because I was listening to people's testimonies. I was seeing people get healed. And I was seeing God do things in my life because I devoted myself. So the first one is, is commitment to teaching. Commitment to godly environments and to unity. To unity. You know, here when the early church was birthed out of Pentecost, it was a beautiful example of how God intended the church to be. Later on in Scripture, they have to start bringing in church discipline because, you know, when people start acting in the flesh, okay, we're just going to leave it at that because I act in my flesh as much as anybody, you know. So let's, we always say don't get up and preach if you can't be vulnerable. Don't get up and preach and try and pretend you're this 100% perfect person who's got it all together. But actually, when this was birthed out of Pentecost, it was something so beautiful. It was something so precious. And we need to go back to this at all times and say, God, this is how the church began in its purest form. And when the Holy Spirit was central to it. Because without the Holy Spirit being central, all we've got is a whole load of people's flesh being central. Of, well, why are you doing that? And why is she doing that? And that's not good enough. And I believe they're doing that. Oh, look at me. But when the Holy Spirit is central to everything we do and we keep our eyes fixed on God and we keep proclaiming to God be the glory, oh boy, what we will see. God's spoken to us recently about the season that we are in and, and, and what is to come. Last week, um, a visitor that was here with the baby dedication came and said, I've got um, somebody who I would, I've only met him a few times, but I would completely trust what he was saying, a pastor himself, and he came and he said, I've got a word for you and Barry, it's really simple, get ready for the glory of God because it's about to fall. Amen. That man hadn't been in our previous weeks where we'd been sharing what God was saying to us as a church. Anyway, moving on. How many minutes have I got? 12 minutes. Verse 46, they worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and great generosity. Servanthood. They shared their meals with great joy and great generosity. Servanthood matters to God. It matters to God. And generosity in our servanthood, a good heart in our servanthood, 
not if I wanted to do this because Vicky preached it, didn't I? And everybody else is on board. No, do it from a good heart. Servanthood from a good heart. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Did you notice again they met together? They met together. This is the church in its purest form and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Servanthood, generosity. You know, servanthood in our time, servanthood in our finances, servanthood in our homes, honoring people where we can, supporting people where we can, helping people where we can, generosity in all of those areas. Being together, the being together, servanthood, you know, we it gets used so often that almost I think it can sometimes lose its power that Jesus washed feet. <laughs> he wasn't there, hang on a minute. I'm the son of the most high God. No, it says he came to serve. He came to serve. And in his servanthood, he was generous. He was generous in his servanthood. So number one is commitment. Number two is servanthood. 46, they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Fellowship, being together, communion together, community together. You know, Jesus, he had his times where he took himself off, and he was like, I need to be away from the rabble. Jesus knew how to take care of himself. But in a world of self-care, which is right, you know, when you preach, you realize how much you can be misrepresented. So, which is right. So, please, nobody listen to this on Spotify or iTunes or leave it and go, well, that church ain't no about self-care. I'm not saying that about self-care. I'm saying watch it doesn't get out of balance that you miss the awe and wonder. Jesus knew self-care. Read the scriptures, it was like he takes himself off on his own because he needs to be away from the noise because he needs to rest. Jesus did it and said, so I'm all for it because as a Christian, I want to be, I'm a Christ follower and I want to be like Jesus. So I understand those times as times I turn my phone off, the kids will tell you they can't get hold of me and there's, you know, there's times when I take myself away and I'm like, I just can't be around voices at the moment. But when I take myself away and do that self-care, I make sure that Jesus is a part of the self-care, however that looks. If it's a long, hot soak in the bath, Jesus, this is going out so wrong, he's in the bath with me, you know what I'm on about, okay. Right, well, we'll just, we play worship or things. But it's so important of the being together in a world where self-care is talked about so much, which is good, which is right. I believe there's an imbalance. And what happens is, is that our flesh is self-care, 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 self-care. And then what's happening is we are missing out in being together with the people of God and in the environments that was built us up. And we're missing being devoted to the house of God. And we're missing devote, being devoted to his teaching. And we're missing being devoted to prayer because we become come so consumed with us that somehow there's no room for him or in the proportion that there should be. Being together is crucial. Generosity, generosity is mentioned all throughout these scriptures. Generous in whatever way. You know, Barry, he's not actually here today. We moved house yesterday. We've bought a house that we can't live in. So we are um, living in a 
alternative accommodation, we'll just put it that way. And um, so currently we, we have no gas and, elect, uh, gas and water. And uh, he would have been here, as you know, we're always here, but we are taking our two youngest back to our alternative accommodation after church. And he's like, the girls need gas and water. So he's had to quickly get that sorted for us this morning. But he's going to bring a word in a few weeks on tithing. And it's not something we talk about. Most of you will have never heard us preach on tithing. That doesn't mean that tithing shouldn't be mentioned. Yes, we take up our offering every week where people who call this place home, they bring their tithe to what it's talked about in the, in the word, to the storehouse, to the local church. And this church believes in the tithe. We believe in the tithe not because we are money grabbers, far from it. We believe in the tithe because it's scriptural and it helps you to mature in your walk with God. When God has complete surrender of our lives, complete when we give everything over, when we're like the hardest thing for me to surrender was finance to God. Oh boy, it was a battle. Like, ask Barry, he had to live with me over it. Like, it was hard. It was really hard. I needed to be in control of my finances to make sure that my family were taken care of. It was the hardest thing. But let me tell you, people will go, oh, the tithe's the law, the tithe's the law. Let me tell you, the tithe is talked about in the New Testament as well after the cross. And actually, it's not just about, oh, it's a law and we don't need to do it. So Barry is going to bring a message to help anybody who has a struggle with tithing to understand it. Um, but generosity, you know, there is a generosity within the church in both our time and our finances. That there is a generosity with a right mindset to the house of God and to the things of God. So that there is always, it says here in these passages of scripture, it says so that every need could be met. They sold their property. I know people who've done that, actually, and their possessions, and they shared their money with those in need. I'm not saying go and sell your house. If you're going to sell your house, you need to know God's told you to sell your house, and that's the right thing to do for you. But there is that where they brought what they had, and they shared it amongst so that every need would be met from within. The early church were a generous church. And this is the church in its purest form, in its purest form. And then the last one is giving God the glory. Giving God the glory. The early church praised while they were together. They sang when they were together. They worshipped when they were together. That, that God was at the center of their conversations when they were together. Can you see how this is an environment to flourish? Can you see how this is an environment for strength? Because God is our strength. And when he's at the center of what we do, whether that be the time that we give, whether that be the finance that we give, whether that be the conversations that we're having, we will have conversations together as Christians and fellow believers in Jesus Christ that we can't have anywhere else. We don't have the freedom. Well, we do have the freedom. It's not been made illegal in this country. Um, sadly, I would say yet, but it may, hey. Okay, read the Bible, look at the end times. Um, I would say it's coming. But even though we may be bold, even though how we speak to unsaved people, there is still a restriction to the things we talk about when we're together. And so if we want to be ready and our stance ready for the next wave that's coming, if you're like, I am sold out for the things of God, I want to be involved in what God's doing, then we need to make sure that our stance is that of the early church, which was commitment, servanthood, fellowship, generosity, and giving God the glory. That the goodness of God will always be on our lips. 
that we'll be known as a church that are committed to the word, that we'll be known as, as a church that are committed to its word in purity, no matter what anybody else says. And if some people, you know, can't be with us because of that, then that's okay. Because we've got to be true to what God's called us to, and God's called us to, when he calls every Christian to, be true to the word of God. Tell the truth. Tell the truth in love, but let's tell the truth. And the model of the early church worked because, yes, it was birthed out of Pentecost, but it, it depicts the nature of Jesus. If you think about it, when Jesus was younger, he was asked where he was. He was like, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? He was devoted. He was devoted to his mission. And Jesus was devoted to us. Like that early church, they weren't just devoted only to God. They were devoted to each other. And that's where the generosity played out because they wanted to know that each other were taken care of. Jesus brought people together. Jesus was generous in abundance. Jesus always talked of his father. So actually the early church depicts the nature of Jesus. Just like he was focused and devoted so were the people. So this is where we get practical. How do we get strong to be ready? Stronger than we already are. Because you know there, are, there is a practical side to running church and taking care of people. But I think everything's spiritual when it's done for kingdom purposes. And that's what we're just going to talk about now. We're going to give people opportunities to... And I know other people will have signed up for stuff in the past... But we're just doing a fresh sign up for things that often we give cards and then they go in the thing outside, but we're not. We're going to do this in the meeting because I believe that as I have talked about the early church and the nature of the early church and the nature of Jesus, it inspires us to say, listen, we all need to build this house so that God can release the next wave that's coming. We've got to be ready. We did this about a year ago. And God released the next wave of people, so we've all been able to take care of you. And now it's the case of saying, okay, let's all get back on board, and let's all sign up again into areas that we can help. And there's all, as part of this, I'm going to talk through in a minute, there's ways that we can support you as well. Now, if you have a mobile phone, we're going to do this a bit tech savvy. If you don't, don't worry, there is a card on your seat, and you can come and speak to others afterwards. So there's different areas to get involved. There's something called join a crew. That's a team in church. So I'm going to run through these. There is the worship team. There is the kids team. There is the cafe team. The, can I just say as well that in some of these ministries, we are bare bones. Like we've got two people running the cafe who are running other areas of church and bless the hearts of our teenagers that have stepped up and seen the need. Cleaning. Do you clean your house? Then we clean God's house. Sue, I can't, I've lost the count of the years you've cleaned this house and, I, and all the ones previous. I've lost count of the years and Sue, we honour you because here's the thing, when there's prayer meetings going on at church on a Sunday morning, do you know where Sue is? 
Sue has got a hand down the toilet cleaning it for the house of God, for the people of God. Sue, we honor you today for the years and years you have. You never complain. You never, you might tell us you need a different mop. <laughs> and I'm like, give Sue the mop she wants because this woman is absolute gold. But Sue needs help. She needs help. Admin. There's so much admin that's created because we don't want anyone to get lost. We don't want anyone to fall by the wayside. And then there's practical building work. If you hadn't already guessed, peek behind the black cloth. You'll see why we've got black cloth. Then there's another category, start a crew. There might be in that list, you might go, well, there's nothing for me there. I don't believe I can do anything. I would just say in that list, if, don't worry whether you feel like you're good at it. Just, just join it. Just be a part of a team. It's an amazing thing. But then you might be like, well, I, I've got a different skill and you've not mentioned it. So this next section, and it's all going to come up on your phone so you can click it all and it all gets submitted. What's your profession? Have you got a profession that's like, I know that this would really help. Maybe it's, I know that we have a lady who's a, a solicitor and, you know, she's talked with us and helped us with some stuff with regarding the church. But, you know, you, if, what's your profession? What can you bring to, you know, we're going to be at a point where we're going to be buying another kind of building. There's going to be all kinds of things taking place. What's your profession or what's your skill? It might not be your profession, but you know you've got a skill. What's your knowledge? What knowledge have you got that you're like, this would, or you might think, actually, I don't even know whether this will help build a church, but I'm just going to put it out anyway. And what have we missed? What have we missed that you're like, there's a massive gaping old vicar that you've missed? Probably is. And I'm fine to be told about it. Please tell us if we have. Then the next section is something that says, I want to offer. This is hospitality. Having people in your home. Like, yeah, I can do that. Or taking people out for a coffee, maybe. If, you know, sometimes going into homes isn't always wise. That has to be done with wisdom. I want to offer friendship. You know how many lonely people there are? But you're maybe like, hey, you know what I can do? I can offer friendship. Or I can offer pastoral care support. Pastoral care support is visiting people in hospital, making phone calls to lonely people, whatever it is, things like that. Helping people who, who have got a form to fill in. Someone who maybe has got to go to court about a court case, maybe a, a legal battle to do with a child, and they're all alone. Could you imagine facing that all alone? But imagine if they had somebody with them. That's what pastoral care is. Then there's other ministry teams. There's an evangelism team. We need to get better at evangelism, church. We are aware of that. But we need a team. We need a team of people. Don't be frightened. We're not going to put you on the street corner wearing a sandwich board shouting, repent now, you're going to hell. I was put in a similar jacket when I was about eight years old by my mom. And sent to, where did we go? What was that race course called? Aintree Races or somewhere like that. Eight years old, repent now, giving out tracks. We're not going to do that to you. It might just be like, well, I'm not good at speaking to people, but I can put leaflets through doors when we need leaflets putting through doors. Or it might be, you know, hey, if we do, a, like we did an event the other week uh, for Easter, I think we just did like a fair in here, you know, and out there, and it was amazing what the kids' team had put on. It was incredible. You might be like, well, I can come and help at something like that. Then there's a financial ministry team. This was started, um, a lady came to me in church and said, this is separate to tithes. She, just, she came to me and she said, 
I don't understand why we give to other things when there's clearly needs that can't be met out with it with the tithes so things like the renovation of the kids building buying new chairs because we need new chairs and she said where she came from they actually had a financial ministry where people were like well I maybe I can give more finance to the church I can do that I can you know whatever the project is I'll be able to give that and Des Mary and Jacques as well as on Yin Ye have all share that vision and that's something that they started there's the prayer team is that something you want to be on then the spiritual growth for yourselves. There's communities. They meet throughout the week. Join a community. It's where you'll study the Bible together. It's where you'll get to know one another. It's where you'll have fellowship. It's the early church. Communities is the early church. Discipleship. You might be like, I need to know more about my faith as a Christian. The, 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 the beginning bits, the baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, salvation. I need to make sure that I fully understand that. There's something called Keys to Freedom. You know, that kind of speaks to itself. That's a course that, that, that you can do. Um, we launched a, a good few weeks back. We are going to follow up on this partnership. That's, saying, that's partnering, saying, I just want to partner with this church to build this church. Partnership slash membership, um, because it's saying, I'm a member here. This is my home. This is my home. And then we are launching something called Word for the Week. On a Monday, you will receive an email from us, and it's going to be a word for the week to encourage you on your Mondays. That's something you can sign up for. So, without further ado, thank you for listening to that long list of things, but I didn't want you to look at it and get really confused. If you don't have a phone, you can do it on your seat or come and speak to me afterwards. If I've mentioned any of those and you're like, I don't really understand it, I'm going to stay at the front later for you to have clarity. But without further ado, if we pull out, I've not got my mobile phone. If we pull out our mobile phones and scan the QR code, you would need to do this now. And the worship team are just going to sing to us a little bit while you fill in. Where do you feel you can build the house what can you bring? Because if this is your home, I promise you, you've got something to bring. You've got something to bring. Don't worry about God adding. Don't be like, well, how am I going to add the people? Actually, what the early church did was they just devoted themselves to God, the greatest commandment, and to each other. And so if you can help us build this church, scan the QR code or fill in a form on your seat, or come and speak to us afterwards while the worship team are going to sing because we would love to have you on board. And we're going to get in touch with you and tell you what everything entails or give you information on stuff or information on courses. But please build a church with us. It's an exciting adventure. We've seen one wave. We are now about to see the next wave. But we've got to be ready. Amen. <laughs>